0: Action
2: Network Podcast. Welcome into
0: the Action Network Podcast, your UFC Fight Night 205 betting preview. Brendan Glassheen joined by the usual Suspects Action Network senior writer Sean Zarillo, former professional MMA fighter, and our MMA analyst, Billy Ward. UFC Fight Night 205 at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. We've got 12 fights on the card, five on the main card, seven prelims. We'll get the guys' uh, picks on the fight of the night. We'll get to that. Their fight of the night, their picks for it, underdog par- uh, underdog plays, favorite props, and a look at the daily fantasy angles from Billy also Best Bets, and we'll also get to the main event. want to remind all of you, though, tuning in, the Action Network is hosting a pre-NFL draft happy hour at Circus Stadium Swim in downtown Las Vegas next Wednesday, April 27th. We have an open bar, surprise guests, and betting tips from some of your favorite Action Network pros. The event is 21+. It is totally free but does require an RSVP. So if you're in Vegas next week, check out the link in the episode link description to RSVP. So again, in the description where you get your podcasts, there's a link there. can RSVP looking forward to that NFL draft next week. Big time stuff coming in Las Vegas where we again, turn our attention to UFC fight night 205, the main event, former women's strawweight champion, Jessica Andrade 13 and seven in UFC taking on Amanda Lemos five and one in UFC 11, one and one overall. How do we feel about this one, Sean Cirillo? How do we attack this main event from a betting standpoint?
1: Yeah, Billy and I are going to have some disagreement here, which is great and which is healthy. I'm curious to hear his points. I know he's going to talk about the fact that Andrade is going back down to straw weight, and that is his primary concern, which I completely agree with. Anytime you're a bit older and cutting weight, down to a previous weight class, going back down in weight, you may be a little bit slower, sucked out, speed's going to be deficient, and potentially maybe more vulnerable to a knockout. But I don't really know how much equity you give Lemos to get her up to that plus 180 number. Because basically everywhere else in this fight, both from a stylistic matchup, but also from physique, things we've seen in the past, intangibles, I give everything else pretty much to Andrage. Lemos is basically a five to seven minute fighter, and then her output tends to fall off. This is her first main event. Andraj has been in several main events. Strength is schedule. Lemos is making a huge step up in competition here, coming off of a very close fight with Angela Hill. Majority media scorecards fan scorecards, actually thought Hill won that fight. I disagreed live. I disagreed on rewatch. I scored rounds one and three for Lemos. But the fact remains, the very, very narrow margins in that fight, and it was a 15-minute fight. Now she has to extend out to 25, where Andrade is going to have a significant advantage. Grappling upside, all in Andrade's favor. Lemus has gotten taken down in the past, put on her back, can keep her there. So taking a significant step up in competition, taking a big step up, not only in terms of time fighting in the cage, potentially going from 15 to 25 minutes, but against the caliber of opponent. There's a lot of intangible things pointing to Andrade. And just stylistically, Lemus isn't great at fighting moving backwards. Andrade is going to pressure her, push her back. Lemos doesn't really counterpunch. She can get stuck up against the cage, where she can eventually get pulled to the mat and grappled. I think Andraj can submit her. I think she can control her on the mat for extended periods. And on the feet, she's going to put in the type of attritional work that is really going to trouble Lemos down the stretch as well. She's going to hit the body repeatedly, going to get in her face, and not give her the type of kickboxing range fight that she wants. So really, in my mind, Lemos she needs to knock her out in the first ten to twelve minutes. Otherwise, I see Andraj just completely drowning her down the stretch. Certainly, get the credence to Lemos knocking her out early. She's a very dangerous striker, but Andraja's done well at defending head strikes in the past, much better head movement than she's had previously. So, unless Lemos lands one of those front kicks and happens to catch her, like with Angela Hill twice, I don't really see her winning this fight, winning minutes for extended stretches. I think she's pretty much finished her bust. But I'm curious if Billy sees something perhaps in the matchup other than the the weight cut that is is lending him to taking Lemos in this fight.
2: Yeah, the weight cut is definitely the biggest factor. I, the comparison I made was the fight we had between Dan Hooker and Arnold Allen a few weeks ago, where Hooker was around the same age and cutting 10 pounds. But 10 pounds for female fighters from 125 to 115, as a proportion of their weight, that's even more significant. You know, a guy going from, you know, 195 to 185 if you did a catch rate or something, that's really not that big of a percent. 125 to 115 is pretty significant. So that's why I think I give Lemos a little bit of an edge down the stretch in the fight, because that can really drain on you as it goes out. But besides that, it really is just the power. She's got almost half of a knockdown per round in the UFC. With a five-round fight, she's also the bigger in terms of length fighter than Andrade. So when we've got that kind of power advantage, that kind of length advantage, and I think she could have a little bit of strength and you know freshness from not having the weight cut be as significant for her, that's enough for me that I'm willing to take it at 185. I'd bet it down to about 160 or so and then sprinkle a little bit on her knockout props just because it is 25 minutes of that, and that's most of her win condition.
1: I want to mention, I do like the fight to end inside the distance as well. I projected that around minus two or five. So if you can get like a minus minus one ninety, I think it'd actually be okay playing that. I didn't play it myself. I played the money line. The one other factor, which I found interesting, normally when you have this fighter going down in weight, like the Allen fight, normally the older fighter is going down in weight. And that's where it's scary. Andraj is actually four years younger here. So she's, she's had much more of a significant career at, at a younger age than Lemos has, which I actually find interesting. I would have thought... Going in that Lemush was the younger fighter, I didn't realize she was four years older.
2: Yeah, it's always tricky with those. Are we counting years or mileage? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, are we trying to worry about damage and time in the sport or actual chronological age? So and Lemush took a, a significant
1: layoff, too. I believe she took a two and a half year layoff. So it's even less mileage than her age would suggest.
2: And roughly half the number of fights. So <laughs> just, there's an angle there. I don't exactly know where the edge is, but it's always an interesting to
0: well, you both disagreed, but it sounded very civil, uh, the way you both made <laughs> your cases in that and they, But look, I mean, seeing it's seeing that each of you are on a different side here for the main event, it's always a, a nice reminder to uh, shop those lines because you can get some movement here before the fight begins. And, you know, overall, you, you both made good points looking at, you know, grappling edges, you know, uh, Andrade with the takedown average, uh, but Lemos with the knockdown averages, um, significant strikes, they seem uh, very similar, so... Should be good. Should be a good it's one. It's a banger and, of a fight. I, I love this fight. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think it's good that we have a, you know, it's relatively even. But as uh, Billy, Billy's got, Billy's taking the value here, uh, he's into it. So looking forward to it. Let's go to Billy. We'll start with you on this one here. Let's go to your uh, your favorite underdog. Since you're into a dog for the main event, who's your dog, just your favorite dog on the card?
2: Yeah, and forgive me ahead of time on the name, but I'm looking at Aori Keylang Lang versus Cameron Els. Um, both guys are winless in the UFC. Else lost his only fight. Or he's lost two fights so far in the UFC. But just the level of competition we see from these Chinese prospects, is it's questionable at best. Like, it's really hard to say that he has a quality win on there. And for Else to come in at, I'm seeing as high as plus 198 on FanDuel, I don't really understand why he's an underdog here. Neither guy has proven it up to us in the UFC. Else has a better strength of schedule outside of the UFC. He actually submitted Patty Pimlet, uh, I think, for Cage Warriors or some other local UK promotion. So he's just got a better resume behind him. Um, I think he's definitely got a huge grappling advantage. A lot of these Chinese fighters, we don't really see much grappling, much submission ability, and Ellis has a ton of submission wins on his record. So at almost two to one, I'm uh, taking Cameron Ellis. How
1: about you Zarillo? favorite dog on the card? Yeah, I'm with Billy on Cameron Ellis. I have a quarter unit on his money line, and actually per his odds to win inside the distance closer to plus 300. I think, I don't know if he's ever won a fight by decision, so definitely needs to win in that first seven to ten minutes for me like else as well. My favorite dog, we're going to go with the other fight, featured fight, female fight on this card. Montana De La Rosa against Macy Barber. If Barber hadn't won her last fight, which she did not win against Miranda Maverick, you look at every scorecard, media scorecard out there, just watch the fight. She didn't win that fight. One of the most shocking decisions I've ever seen. I don't know if the line would be where it is for this matchup. Getting pretty good value on De La Rosa here, plus 160. I like it quite a bit at that number. Probably bet it down to plus 150. Barbara can be a slow starter. She gives up minutes early, doesn't have a ton of urgency early in her fights. She tends to build as the fights go, which will lend well to her if she ever gets into a main event and a 25-minute fight. But in a 15-minute fight, you're going to tell me she's going to lose round one just by not being active at a high clip. That is definitely concerning. I think Montana De La Rosa can actually be competitive on the feet here with volume. Doesn't hit nearly as hard. Barbara can definitely land the more damaging strikes. But it's the grappling upside for me with De La Rosa. When you get Barber down, she tends to play guard. She isn't very aggressive at getting off of her back. She, even when she gets the takedown, she can actually get reversed, put in bad positions, and she tends to give her back up a lot as well. So I could see De La Rosa putting in her body triangle, controlling her for extended periods, potentially even finishing her with a choke. So I think Barber has just as many ways to win here as, as De La Rosa does, or I should say the other way around, but, I see this fight on paper is closer to a coin flip projection wise. Obviously I make Barbara the favorite, but yeah, De La Rosa, I think is a very solid underdog play this week.
2: Yeah. I'm um, with that the- one. Up. Just to throw on Barbara lost Please. to Roxanne Motiferi in 2020, which is like borderline unforgivable at this point. You shouldn't lose. To,
1: you shouldn't she lose did to her out a little favored.
2: bit in that fight. So I, I think, uh, I think that I, had, okay. like, something. I, know, I remember the fight, but still <laughs> like,
1: but I mean, it's it it's an issue where she just gets on bottom and doesn't do anything. She's she's content to play guard. And if you're going to do that, and not try to get up, you're going to lose rounds.
0: On to Billy and Sean's fight of the night for UFC Fight Night two hundred five in Las Vegas at UFC Apex. They are eyeing Mark Andre Barrio versus Jordan Wright. You got Barrio, the Canadian, taking on Jordan Wright, who's from the states. Billy, why does this fight stand out to you and what's the play
2: yeah this one's just definitely going to be a stand-up banger neither guy really has a ton of interest in takedowns my favorite stat to that regard is jordan wright in particular has twice as many knockdowns as takedowns even attempted in the ufc so that shows you what kind of fight it's going to be you know neither both guys are willing to come forward both guys are willing to trade punches and potentially get knocked out so with that you know anytime you have fights like that it should really be close to a pick them both guys are swinging these are this is 185 correct Mm-hmm. Or no, they moved up to this time. Oh catch yes. Rate. Catch weight, catch weight. Which honestly helps the knockout rate even more. But when you have two guys, either one of them can knock each other out. I don't really see one guy as a significant favorite or underdog. So I'm betting Jordan, Wright By knockout. He's as high as plus 400 about rivers right now. I'm pretty confident. One of these guys is going to get knocked out when you're getting four to one odds on one versus the other. That's too good to pass up.
1: Yeah. I don't he disagree. I don't disagree at all. You know, if you had made this fight three months ago, I do think Barrio would have been closer to minus 400 because until he fought Chidi Jakui or and it wasn't Chidi Injikui, it was uh, forgetting the yeah, last name, right. but he, he, he got knocked out in on the first punch behind the ear, went immediately down, follow-off shots, put him away. But that was two months ago. And I don't love a guy coming back on a short notice fight, short layoff, after a bad knockout, It's just, it's very concerning for durability. But if I hadn't seen that fight, I have a tough time seeing Wright winning this fight because Barrio just looks so durable before that. And Wright really isn't a minute winner. Very much a glass cannon. He's either going to put you away early or he's going to fade and get knocked out himself. I actually love this fight to end inside the distance here. I thought the number was a little bit low. Project it closer to 70%, around minus 230. I'd bet this at minus 190. Would bet at minus 200. There's even some under two and a half rounds at there at minus 150, minus 160. I think that's okay too, but this is a violent spot. I'm expecting a very violent fight. And if Wright doesn't put Barrio away early, I'm expecting Barrio to put him away late. So so,
0: Sean, the fact that this is now three, you you said if this was three months ago, you think this would be
1: a, the, the line, just the, just the money line would be, it would be closer. No, I think if it was three months ago, I actually think Barrio would be double his price now. I think he'd be closer to minus 350 or minus more, 400. I just don't see, he has a ton of volume and he builds as the fight goes. Wright just kind of rushes at you and he'll throw one or two big shots and then look to evade with his karate style. So I see Barrio as the much more convincing minute winner here over the course of 15 minutes. I don't really see Wright winning minutes unless he lands a knockdown, which is why I think Barrio is pretty much the side unless he gets knocked out. But given the fact that he was knocked out two months ago, I have pretty significant concerns. Okay. Still a lot to get to
0: here on the action network podcast or UFC fight night, two Oh five betting preview now for a word from our friends at hymns when it comes to sports betting there's no shortage of problems to talk about but there's definitely one problem guys never want to discuss it's erectile dysfunction ed impacts about 30 million american men 30 million and still most guys would rather make bullshit excuses or just ignore the issue instead of turning to experts for a solution you listen to this show because you're looking for good advice right well here's some check out hymns and discover a pill worth celebrating because thanks to science ed can be optional their website for hymns is a great resource for hair loss, skincare, and ED solutions for men. They connect you with licensed medical providers who can provide FDA-approved ED treatments entirely online. These are the same medications you'd get from your doctor, but with no appointments, no face-to-face visits, and no copays. You just answer a few questions, and products are shipped directly to you. Try Hims today by starting with a free online visit. Go to action actionnetwork That's F-O-R. Hims.com slash action network. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. This would cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and safety information. And remember that's forhyms.com/slash action network get back to the show gentlemen we have a couple more uh, segments to go here in our ufc betting preview ufc fight night 205 brendan glasheen sean Zarillo, billy ward turning our attention to our favorite prop
1: bets sean Zarillo, what are you looking at in the prop market for uh fight night here yeah we just talked fight of the night if i actually had to bet on a fight to win fight of the night it would probably be groovy lando venata against charles verdane this is a certified banger I don't know how long it'll go. I feel like this is going to be a 15-minute war, but I wouldn't be surprised if either guy got knocked out. But I do give more decision equity to Lindo Venata. I projected his decision line closer to plus 190. You can get it around plus 225. I think the striking could be relatively competitive. Jordan, the bigger hitter, a bit more dynamic. But Venata's movement is excellent. He's looked great since moving down to 145. Good at darting around the cage, kind of avoiding strikes playing matador he's not going to stand in front of jordan and give jordan the type of fight he wants and i think he can mix in the takedowns too he is all the grappling upside in this fight former d1 wrestler he dropped out after a year to become a professional fighter but he does come from a wrestling background and i expect him to land a few takedowns here potentially to shoot takedowns at a higher clip than he normally does doesn't normally normally attempt more than one or two takedowns in a fight but i think he knows the path to victory here is probably with his grappling so i expect him to make this a dirty fight Tire Jordan out. We've seen Jordan fade late in fights and eventually pull out a 29 28 decision. So give me Venada decision of plus 225.
2: Favorite prop, Billy. Yeah, I'm looking at the Mike Jackson versus Dean Barry fight. I'm actually going to come back to this one later. I love this fight so much, guys. So for those that don't know, <laughs> back in about 2016, pro wrestler CM Punk decided he wanted to join the UFC. And the UFC goes on this campaign to find him an opponent, clearly with the intention of getting him at least something reasonable give him a reasonable chance to win so they find this guy mike jackson i think he's like a photographer or something and they have him fight mickey gall in the ufc it's mike jackson's pro debut loses to mickey gall in 45 seconds gall gets the punk fight we move on but two years later punk wants to do it again they let jackson fight punk jackson beats him pretty badly it ends up being declared a no contest because i think a drug test issue i don't know so here we are four-ish years later and for some reason Mike Jackson is finally filling out his contract with the UFC but he has absolutely no business being here guys like this is not a fighter who's remotely UFC caliber his only official win in his life was a split decision amateur win if I were to come out of retirement 40-ish pounds overweight without having trained in five years <laughs> I'd be a significant favorite over Mike Jackson right now because <laughs> would probably be like plus 150 like at worst and I don't think you've <laughs> ever done any you know, competitive martial arts. I have size so, on him probably. That's it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what I'm looking at and I was surprised at the line of this. Barry by commission is plus 550. And a lot of time with these horrible mismatch fights, it's a lot easier to just get position on a guy and tap him out than it is to keep swinging and hitting and hope the rest going to stop it. And is the going to jump in early? Is he going to let him go? You know, the path to least resistance for Barry is just take him down and submit him. The guy has absolutely no grappling. If you stand and trade punches, you might get unlucky and get clipped with one. If I'm on your back choking you out, you're not going to knock me out. So 550 on the submission line for Barry seems awfully long. That's over at FanDuel. And, yeah, that's where I'm looking for that one. But we'll come back for best bets. I'm convinced. I'm betting that too. Billy, I think
0: anytime now going forward for any one of your picks, you should reference something to you like like you just did, <laughs> like as a, as a way for folks to relate. See, if this was me and I gained 40 pounds at your 5'11 frame, this is what would happen. So any any time you can provide an example of what's happened to you in your in your professional career to uh, give people an opportunity to relate, that that's that's good. And this I- is
2: absolutely the only comparably sized UFC fighter that I would not be like plus ten thousand against at this point in my life. <laughs> but there okay. is one, and it's and it's Mike Jackson.
0: All right, that's great perspective for sure, uh, Billy. We're going to go right back to you here because, what, like we want to, do, what we like to do, excuse me, on this uh, on this uh, podcast, and we have the UFC betting previews, is we do like to give a DFS breakdown uh, for those of you that like to get involved in the daily fantasy side. Uh, when you open up a contest, say for example on DraftKings, uh, there are twelve fights. Uh, one of them is canceled, so keep that in mind when you go about setting your lineups. You should have no issues as the, the two fighters that are involved are out and they are now at the bottom of the page um your dfs breakdown billy in terms of you know cash games gpps what is what is your if there's anything similar to each approach what, what are some starting points for you when you look at this uh when you look at the contest
2: yeah for both cash and gpps i love dean barry he's somehow not the most expensive fighter on the slate, he's 100 short of Romanoff at 9,500. I think, honestly, if you can get both of those guys in any kind of lineup, you should probably do it. Romanoff is a prohibitive favorite. I'm sure Sean knows off the top of his head what the line is for Romanoff, something crazy. It is, I mean, it's it continues to blow out. The question is, at what
1: point do you take a shot on Chase Sherman? We're sitting at minus 1,400 at BetMGM, Sherman plus 800. I mean, if it gets to like plus 2,000 on Sherman. I think you have to put a little dollars on it but uh yeah it's it's kind of hilarious we don't these these are bellator level lines
2: but from from a dfs standpoint they're only going to make a guy so expensive so really in terms quick of just, like, to in, okay. just to jump
0: yeah. in just to row, jump in Romanoff is minus 1500 on DraftKings, plus 850 uh for
2: sherman on, on DraftKings.
1: and i think we're going to keep seeing this get higher i mean it's okay. it should be a absolute beat done go
2: ahead so from, From a DFS standpoint, they're only going to make a guy so expensive, and they also don't update the salaries as betting lines change. So just in terms of win equity per dollar, you're getting a ton out of Romanoff and Barry. But, of course, that means you're going to have to go on the cheap side. And Sean mentioned Montana De La Rosa. I really like her for cash games. That fight's probably not getting stopped. I like her as a live dog, but even if it goes the distance, she's got good activity level. She should get you some points and not be totally drawn dead. And then on the GPP cheap side, I really like Cameron Else. I mentioned him earlier. You know, Sean mentioned he's never won a fight by decision and probably doesn't today. So he's either going to get you a lot of points or he loses. And then, you know, that lineup's dead anyway. So that's what I'm looking at. Obviously, both fighters in the main event. We're just going to plug those in for cash games. I don't see a reason not to. And every time I try to go away from that strategy, it comes back to bite me. So I'm just I'm just locking that one in anytime there's only one five round fight.
0: Well, and just to add, to, oftentimes folks are pressured to spend every dollar of their salary cap when they make a lineup. But in this case, you actually think this
2: is a good week that you don't have to necessarily
0: spend all 50K in a, in a, in a contest.
2: Yeah, especially when we have less total fights on the card. If you avoid going you know, 49.8, 49,950, your odds of being duplicated with someone else is drastically lower. And that just makes your expected value so much higher. You know, even if you're giving up one or 2% of win equity, if you're going to get a solo win, if that happens, it's more than worth it. And there's just enough cheap guys. You know, we, we mentioned Jordan Wright that we like. We mentioned Montana de la Rosa, Cameron else, you know, so you can make it work at the cheaper end fit two of the fighters around the high end and still not come to the top of that salary cap where a lot of people feel like they have to approach 50k and that just costs them a lot of expected value long time long term. Okay, before we go, let's
0: get to best bets for UFC Fight Night 205. Sean Zarolo, you can go first.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say Clay Guida at minus 110 against Claudio Playlist. I think playas being a little bit overrated here. Based upon his win streak, but a lot of those he was trailing in every single fight and just happened to snatch up a submission. He is a guy who is losing until the moment he wins. But unlike other guys like that who we've bet on this podcast in the past, like one of our favorites, the Bear Jew Paul Craig, he does not have a good guard game. He's not going to trap you in a guillotine. He's not going to do things that have caught Clay Gita in trouble in the past. He needs to snatch up a leg lock or something weird. He needs you to make the mistake. He's not going to snatch up, or he's not going to create a mistake and capitalize on it. So I expect Gita to absolutely dominate the minutes here. Should have the advantage on the feet. Definitely has the advantage with the wrestling. I think he can rinse and repeat with the takedowns. Hold Poyas down. Stay safe. Keep his head out of the guillotine. That is going to be the key, even though, as I said, Poyas doesn't have a guillotine submission on his record, I believe. So, Gita, just purely with cardio, should be able to overwhelm and eventually drown Playas. Playas has not shown good cardio in the past either. He tends to fade in round three. I actually think Gita might be able to get a 10-8 in round three. So, there's a chance that he just needs to win one of the first two rounds in order to win this fight. He's going to have such a dominant round three. So, wrestling is life, bro. Give me Clay Gita at minus
2: 110. Yeah, I, I think Sean's probably right on that, but I'm just like five years removed from being willing to bet a million-year-old Clay Gita. I just <laughs> can't bring myself to do it.
1: Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the amount you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends, and make some money. Make sure to use promo code ACTION And Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code ACTION when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the
2: show. UFC Fight Night 205, Billy, best bet. We talked about, you know, age versus mileage. He's got both. He's 40 and has well over 50 professional fights. So it's really hard to click that button, even though I do think you're probably right. As I referenced before, I'm coming back to the Dean Barry fight. I'm kind of surprised some of the secondary lines on this fight. I thought, you know, everyone would have them as just an absolute smash. But you can get Barry to win in round one at plus 130 on DraftKings. I I think it's probably that should be favored. But there's a ton of different bets along those lines that you can do. You know, I would take the under one and a half. I like Barry inside the distance at minus 225 or so. Minus 200 is the better line. And then, you know, if you want to lay minus 1,000, I think it's the best Barry line right now. That's probably a good bet, too. He should be about minus 10,000, I think. So, all of those bets based on Mike Jackson just being terrible and having no business being here are in play. But my favorite is the round one line at plus 130.
1: It's rare you see a USC fight that you're so suspicious might be fixed going in, going in that you're just like, yeah, I mean, it seems like free money. I, uh, I don't disagree at all. Mike Jackson has no business being here. And frankly, I don't know what he's been up to for
2: the past four years. Not fighting as we can see, which is, we didn't really get into it. We talked about it, uh, i say we talked about it off the pod, but it seems like because that last fight was a no contest, the UFC just contractually had to give him one more, and everyone's been dragging their feet for four years, but who knows.
1: I think they were playing phone chicken, hoping that neither would call the other, but eventually (laughs) Jax had asked for the fight, the UFC was like, who's the worst guy we can give you?
0: (laughs) All right. Gents, great stuff as always. Looking forward to the weekend and looking forward to watching whatever we see from Mike Jackson.
1: I'm intrigued. It's a 1-800-GAMBLER special. Very good. <laughs>
0: All right, that's going to do it for our UFC Fight Night 205 betting preview. We come to you every Friday before the Saturday card, so please join us every week. Thanks to Action Network senior writer Sean Zirillo and also former professional MMA fighter, and uh, very much in shape, uh, Billy Ward, our MMA analyst here at Action Network. Brendan Glasheen signing off. Uh, Again, be on the lookout every Friday for our UFC betting previews. We'll catch you next time. Have a great weekend.